Hot Takes Corner Special Edition. I'm DJ Amish. Yes, and I'm Amos. Good We're day, run- everyone. Good. Hello. We're going to run down these uh, teams in the American League and uh, just have some fun doing it and talking, talking baseball. It's a big week. Yeah. Nothing fancy-smancy. Just looking at teams, seeing what our initial thoughts and feelings are. And uh, like you said, just something fun to do. All right, we're doing them in alphabetical order. Well, let's start with a team that, I don't know, could they be the worst in the American League? It's just debatable, and we'll debate it. But, uh, yeah, those Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, those dirty birds of Baltimore, man, just can't get it together. Um, yeah, I I don't know what to say really about this team that hasn't really been echoed. Uh, th- this team just seems like they're in the permanent cycle of rebuilding. Uh, it's just hard to say when they're going to be efficient again, and it doesn't help that everyone else in their division is getting better. So mm-hmm. um, they didn't really do a whole lot in the offseason. They signed some veteran pitchers and Felix Hernandez and uh, Matt Harvey, who's way past his prime, but... I believe they're both uh, non-roster invites. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I'm not going to lie to you, Amish. There's some of these people in the pitching staff I've never even heard of. Mm-hmm. And some guys that, you know, are going going to go through a lot of growing pains. I mean, they got hope for guys like Keegan Aiken and, and Dean Kramer. Um, yeah, this guy, uh, Lopez, that uh, they got off waivers from the Royals. Be interested in looking at him. Uh, he came up through the Brewer system. And uh, John Means is, you know, the other lefty is supposed to kind of bring things around for him in there. But, man, when you lose guys like uh, Dylan Bundy and, and uh, Cobb, Alex Cobb, you know, it, is, it, is this a step back or a step forward in that pitching staff? Well, I think after the trade of Dylan Bundy, you think the Orioles would look at, are we – are we developing these pitchers right? Because it seems like every pitcher they trade away does well <laughs> somewhere mm-hmm. else. You know, of course, as a Cubs fan, I remember the Jake Arrieta Pedro Strope deal, and then of course you got Dylan Bundy going to L.A. And then I just, I don't know if it works the other way around. You know, you got Felix Hernandez coming in. Uh, of course, they got Wade LeBlanc uh, also on that pitching staff. I. I don't know. I just don't know what they're going to do with this. I mean, this doesn't seem like a step forward to me. And as we uh, look around the batting order and such, you know, got some exciting things happening with the possibility of Adley Rutschman breaking through at some point. Of course, their uh, number one overall selection back in 2019. And then I'm, you know, I'm still excited about Austin Hayes at the top of that lineup the guy that was drafted in the third round of 2016 and, you know, has spent a little over the year in the majors uh, so far, you know, a couple of two year guys there and Anthony Santander and uh, chance Cisco, primarily a defensive catcher. Um, what do you think about the, the other parts of that infield, the uh, second short and third? Well, of course I'm the, the player I'm looking at when it comes to second short and third that I'm keeping my eye on is Yomer Sanchez over there at second, your switch hitter that could bat pretty much anywhere in the lineup. Uh, for some reason, I see him batting in like the ninth spot, you know, just to uh, give former gold glover chase. is what, yeah, what he's for. So we've got that. And of course, the another shortstop veteran, you know, and Freddie Galvis over there. It really has to wonder, you know, where exactly this team 
is going. They do have yeah. some nice prospects, but Richie Merton kind of fell flat in his face for them. And when they tried to get him in the rule five from Oakland and just hasn't worked out so well, I've heard our friend, uh, Tosteria talk about Rio Ruiz off and on. Wonder if he'll be a guy that can maybe come along for him. And then, uh, I mean, what do you think of that outfield? We, we know about the main guys coming back and we're so excited. Yeah, I, I just th- just another day or another year of growth and experience, and I think I still hold true that Anthony Santander could break out uh, either this season or next year. I, I like the way he hits at the plate, um, even though he did struggle at the end of – well, I'm looking at 2019, but you know, for, what, halfway through 2019, he hit near 300, and then he just kind of fell off from there, so I, I like the outfield. I mean, this team doesn't look – if they just had more experience, this would be an okay lineup. You know, they got a nice balance of switch hitters and lefties and righties, and, you know, their defense can use some shoring up. I'm sure that's why Freddie Galvis is there and Yomar Sanchez. And I think, you know, there's players, obviously, that need to step up. Chris Davis, I mean, that's the most obvious mm-hmm. one. Yeah. And, of course, it'll be nice to see Trey Mancini hopefully back this you year. Go. Yes, so, sir. Got to root for the Mancini. On to Boston we go. We're going up to Boston, yeah. <laughs> is that is that copyright? I don't know. Sing a sing a big bar song or something. Going yeah. to Boston. Eat your beans. Eat your beans, man. Eat your beans. Are <laughs> <laughs> gonna have many beans in this team this year, Avis? I have a lot of bean ball pitchers. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Maybe we get a little wild. Hey, you know what? I know there wasn't a lot expected on the Red Sox this year, but I want to make a hot take here, and I hope you're ready oh, to hear this. Oh boy! Uh, you know, based on the depth chart of this team and what we know, what some of these players are capable of, and if they can hang on until Chris Sale gets back, which you know we were looking at before, probably a couple months before he sees the mound, this could be a dark horse wild card team. Okay. I'm thinking. Seeing a few things, a few pieces. Where should we start? The pitching or the hitting? or Let's check out that pitching. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. Eduardo Rodriguez had all those COVID troubles and sickness problems. It sounds like those have gone away, Amos. There's mm-hmm. one piece for you right there. He's you expected and, to yeah. lead this rotation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. until Chris L comes back. Piece so. number two, you got Garrett Richards. Former Padre came over, signed a deal with him. He's 32 years old, pushing 33, but he's, he's still got some crafty stuff. Yeah, for sure. You know, you got a lot of, you know, these power hitters in the AL East and a pitcher like Richards, you know, even though he doesn't strike a lot of people out, he doesn't throw very fast, which tells me he relies a lot on movement. And when you got, like I said, players like Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge that like to swing at those kind of pitches, you know, it could it could work out to your advantage. Um, you definitely don't want a rotation just full of flamethrowers. So, right, and that's where it gets kind of tricky when you run into guys like uh, Martin Perez and Nathan Eovaldi. I mean, mm-hmm. they've proven themselves in spots and in other stop spots, like you say, they're just kind of wild throwers. So, I guess that's a pretty big piece of it. What do you think of that bullpen? I'm not really sure what to think. You know, I, I'm literally two sides of a coin on this bullpen. I'm I'm not too concerned about the back end with Adam Ottavino, Ryan okay. Brazier, and Matt Barnes. You know, could they struggle? Sure. 
But I think the addition of Adam Ottavino adds a little bit of a threat to that bullpen that is filling in that gap that Brandon Workman left when he was traded. Um, now you're looking at these guys like Josh Taylor, uh, Hirokazu Sawamura, uh, Colton Brewer, Austin Bryce, if these guys are completely on the roster this year. I mean, those are the unknowns. One side of the coin, you got your guys that you expect. You know how they're going to perform. You know, right. like I said, Matt Barnes, Brazier, and Ottavino. Then you got the other guys, pretty much everyone else in that bullpen. That's the question mark. And I think, honestly, that's the make or break of this team this year. Well, let me enter in another quick name for a kid by the name of uh, Brian Mata. Uh, he's a Venezuelan guy. They got him back in 16 and, you know, brought him up young. He's going to be approaching his 22 year old uh, age and, uh, 98-mile-an-hour low arm slot is really tough for right-handed hitters to pick up is what the scouts are saying, and they're they're looking at the possibility this could could break through sometime later in the year. So that would be a, a quite a good flamethrower to add to the mix, I'm thinking. Uh, let's turn to the hitting uh, real quick. Um, you know, you got your J.D. Martinez back. Uh, you added guys like Franchi Cordero, who could make a splash in the outfield now that they've lost Benintendi and Bradley. Uh, what other things do you see in there? Well, my big piece that the Red Sox added that I absolutely love so far uh, is, of course, Enrique Hernandez or Kike Hernandez, you know, former <laughs> Dodger. Uh, I, I love this guy. I'm so glad Boston got him because of his – he's like Brock Holt, except he can hit a lot better. Okay. Well, here's the question then. Do you think – I mean, it's all dependent on, of course, how he does, but you think right. Jeter Downs is going to get slowed down in uh, – possibly debuting earlier rather than later for them. You think they'll slow down with Jeter Downs and that they got Kike? Armchair response? No, probably not. No. Um, because we've seen Boston definitely not afraid to trade pieces at the deadline, especially if they're out of it. So, you know, maybe if they don't meet up to expectations, there could be some players, especially in that infield, that could be used to, you know, trade away, or maybe they'll trade some starting pitching or something. But... I don't think it'll slow him down. I'm sure Boston's got a plan for Mr. Downs, and it's just hard to really pinpoint what exactly they're going to do with him. But I don't think that will impact his uh, uh, trend to the majors. Chicago, Chicago. The bad side of Chicago. I'm just kidding. (laughs) The bad side, the south side. (laughs) Talking about the White Sox. Uh, where do we want to start? To probably start hitting with White Sox. We start with pitching with uh, Red Sox. Goodness gracious, is Yuan Mankata going to break through big, bigger? They're thinking does, about it. With with as deep as this uh, offense is, it doesn't matter. <laughs> that's probably true. Uh, I mean, yeah. We. I mean, that's the last thing you know. Especially like uh, your teams in that division, like your Twins, would want to see is him breaking out on top of you know. Players like Yelzmati Grandal, Tim Anderson, Eloy Jimenez, Luis Robert, Adam Eaton, Adam Engel, who's good defensively. And of course, <laughs> Not Jose to mention, Abreu. Yeah. <sighs> <sighs> and then you got this Madrigal kid that's breaking through this year. He's going to be turning 24 and he's hot for the bat. Good Lord. They, yeah, this could be bad. They got this team finishing under 500. That's mm. no. Okay, well, maybe pitching. Is it going to be the pitching that fills them? I mean, they got Lance Lynn in the trade with the Rangers. Um, still got Dallas. Still got Lucas Giolito. 
Carlos Rodon, Dylan Cease, are they going to be their undoing? I don't know. I mean, maybe, but I mean, it seems like the White Sox have done okay with, uh, you know, their pitching prospects. You know, you don't have to go as far as that bullpen and Garrett Croquet or Grochet. You know, that 100 mile mm-hmm. per hour lefty they got just hovering around in that bullpen that's willing to pitch anytime, anywhere. We can't forget about Liam Hendricks going over there as their new closer. Evan Marcher, criminally, or Evan Marshall, excuse me, criminally underrated reliever, in my opinion. I This team is stacked. They are stacked. Now, are they a rotation full of aces like the Dodgers? No, they're not. But we know what Lucas Giolito can do. We know the experience of uh, Dallas Keuchel. We know how good Lance Lynn could be. Uh, maybe the back end of that rotation is a weak spot for me. But I mean, if but then they got Michael Kopech too lurking, possibly getting healthier. That's yeah, just so I mean, scary. <laughs> if if there's a tunnel here, it's pretty short. So that light's not too far off when it comes to having a complete pitching staff. Well, I'm excited as a Twins fan just for the rivalry and to see if the White Sox can topple my Twins. Oh, and a shout-out to Danny Mendick. Oh, boy, it's the Major League movie all over again, the Cleveland Indians. Uh, can they be the, the rags-to-riches story this year? You're call them the rags-to-riches? More like they dumped off their fortune. And... <laughs> well, let's like talk equivalent... about that. It's like the equivalent of Bill Gates leaving Microsoft to head up uh, PJ's PC repair or something. <laughs> Shout out to PJ's PC repair if you're a real company. Exactly. Let's, let's talk about you know losing guy a guy like Mike Clevenger, obviously in that trade that they kind of had to make. Otherwise, you you know not going to get any value out of the guy. He's just going to go to free agency. Mm-hmm. But you, you start loading up again with some some pretty good guys on that staff. Yeah. I- I think they got a solid one, two, three, but you know, just like the White Sox, it's that back end of the rotation. You got to look at um, Tristan McKenzie, Logan Allen, and Scott Moss are three pitchers listed on their depth chart, which I must admit, I'm, I don't know a lot about, so I'm not really going to comment on these gentlemen. But you know, we know the potential of Shane Bieber, of course, and we know what Aaron Savali is capable of, and Zach Plezak is also just as good when he's not doing stupid stuff off the field. He's very good on the field. So, right. um, I I honestly don't think anything has properly changed when it comes to their pitching. Like besides right. the Clevenger deal, I really don't think mm-hmm. a whole lot. And I mean, they got some work to do to to fill the role of Brad Hand. You know, at the back end of the bullpen. Um, you know, you see a Rule Five selection, and as Trevor Stephan, uh, you know, from the Yankees coming into play possibly, but. Emmanuel Clase maybe could take that role. You know, he's a very capable guy. Cal Quantrill obviously, you know, has a great arm. I don't know if it's is he necessarily closer material like like his daddy. Remains to be seen. Uh, moving on to the hitting, Amos. Of course, big piece, big piece that they're missing. But can Andres Jimenez and Ahmad Rosario kind of combine together and do some some work there at short? Well, I must admit that's their duct tape. I mean, I, I mean they're definitely capable of filling in for Lindor, but not properly filling in for Lindor, you know. But regardless, they still have a very good infield with Jose Ramirez in the corner uh, at third base. First base, I think Jake Bowers, even though he's listed second on the depth chart, is a very solid piece still. 
Um, not all-star material, don't get me wrong, but I think he fits in pretty nicely at first base. And, of course, second base uh, with Cesar Hernandez. You could look at Andres Jimenez there. And, of course, Ahmed Rosario, like you said. Definitely a step back, but I wouldn't... Some people yeah. thinking they took a step back to where they fell off a cliff. I'm not going that far. Yeah, also look at this guy, uh, Nolan Jones. He's ranked number 86 uh, in Keith Law's top 100, and I was just reading about this guy. The, the thing is, he can't hit left-handed pitching at all, which could you know hamper him coming up. But he's got so many other great tools, uh, they said, according to the scouting. And, of course, Eddie Rosario, my, my former mm-hmm. twin, you know, coming into, maybe is going to fill some of that hitting role that is uh, lacking from Lindor. Yeah, he's the one with the weird batting stance, right? Like, he's got all that power in that batting stance. Is that the one I'm thinking of? Yeah. Like he stands really close to the plate. You could say, I guess. <laughs> it's all in the, in the eye of the beholder. He's going to be 30 years old, so he's kind of shortening up a little bit more on his swing. So, Yeah, I didn't mean that as an insult. Like, obviously, it's working for him. So, yeah. Yeah, that's 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 a thing. Weak spot outfield. Uh, you know, you think it would be the infield, but I think the outfield defensively is taking a step back. Um, we saw some defensive issues with Oscar Mercado or Bradley Zimmer both out there and just the outfield in general, Josh Naylor. I uh, don't really know enough about him to properly comment. Um, well, and then they got Billy Hamilton's lingering around with, with a invite in camp. You know, can he make the team and be, you know, a speedster type off the bench? Yeah. Get up. Everybody's going to move your feet. Get down. It's all in Detroit. Rock city. Like the crime and the pollution and the, no. <laughs> And a bad baseball team that can't seem to get it together. Oh, goodness. But a new era has begun, and A.J. Hinch, what did you think? A.J. Hinch joining the team, Amos? You know, we'll see. Like I said, they get 100 wins. I'm calling BS. (laughs) Let's start with a totally revamped uh, batting order, almost. I mean, you got one, two, three, four guys they see in that lineup as, as newbies, possibly. Potential newbies indeed in this. I mean, well, let's be fair here. The Tigers have, and I'm not saying this out of disrespect or anything, but they're definitely just a rotating door of players. Like, there's just nothing solid here besides Miguel Cabrera. So, And he's 38 years old this summer. Yeah, he's a, he's, come on, Amish, he's 37.8 years old. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, I like I like what they're trying to do. They're bringing in some more experienced players in Wilson Ramos. Uh, you can't sleep on the Nomar Mazzara uh, free agent signing. I think that was a good little scoop up they did. I still don't see this team going anywhere, but it'll be interesting to see what ground they make up this year. Like, they've been spinning their tires for what seems like decades now. <laughs> What it feels like. It really hasn't. Yeah, it really hasn't been too Um, far back. Who knows? I mean, this could be a year where they finally get a little bit of traction. You know, they still got some very nice talent in this team. It's just got to shine. It's just got to show up, you know. All right. So, again, Ramos catches. Renato Nunez came over from Baltimore. He's possibly going to be your first base switchover with Mickey. You know, you'll do a lot of DH. And Scope's still at second. 
Willie Castro still probably playing shortstop there. And then you got, you know, Mr. Candelario, you know, your former Cub prospect that went over yep. running out your infield. Yeah, just um, more of a wait and see type of infield to me. Uh, you know, of course, we got to look at one big aspect of this team is, you know, Miguel Cabrera's health and how much, I mean, how much he's been injured over the last couple of seasons. You know, is that going to continue to go up when it comes to time on the injury list or is that, is he finally going to get a solid, healthy year in where he can produce for this team? Like I'm sure he wants to. Um, All right. You mentioned, you mentioned Ramos and maybe that's going to improve the battery. And this is a battery that's going to see a lot of moving pieces this year because Casey Mize, people are clamoring. They want Casey Mize going now. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it'd be nice to see him up there and uh, with a nice catcher like Wilson Ramos, you know, maybe we could see some spring training games this year where they're, you know, the battery. So I, I'll be interested to see how both ends of that spectrum work out. You know, Wilson Ramos. Well, Here's an interesting stat from Mize. Uh, it appears MLB hitters swung and missed at 14% of all non-fastballs that he threw in the shortened uh, 2020 season. So maybe a clear path for him to, to miss bats and avoid hard contact by pitching less with fastballs and more with you know, other pitches. Well, you've got to think that his time to come up will be really soon because, you know, the Tigers getting Jose Urania and Julio Tehran, with all due respect, is not exactly – what I would consider right great pitchers anymore, <laughs> you know. Huge I'm just saying, you pages, know. Yeah. And you know, Matt Manning, another guy that uh, they're looking at. He's a former two sport two sports star. I'm trying to get out of my mouth here. That's in cool. high school, um, you know, ninth overall pick in 2016, sits comfortably at 92 to 95. You know, on the fastball and. Had some trouble with control the winter after he signed, but like it looks like things are coming around for him. So yeah, I think it'd be I think it'd be fun to watch some Tigers games this year just to see what AJ Hinch has in plan for this team when it comes to you know a the on field production and the development of these you know young young players that seem like they just didn't really gain a whole lot in the last regime. It'd be interesting right. to see. Going to break out my Ronnie Millsap. We got a Houston solution. Well, maybe not a solution to, you know, their bad beats that they've been taking, deservedly so, but they're still a team to contend with in the West, Amos. Not going to make trash can joke. Not going <laughs> to. Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. It's done. All right. Let's talk before I make one. Let's talk before I make one. No. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is the buzzer. I can't. <laughs> Couldn't write anything better than out of all people to show off a buzzer thing for COVID. It had to be freaking Alex Cora. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to love that the entire year. Amos. I can't wait. <sighs> but what about the team on the field? How are they going to perform? Um, same old hitting lineup uh, as usual, like, except the catcher position got an old guy back. Yeah. Marty Maldonado, Jason Castro. Yeah, Good so battery. Yeah. Good battery they got there. And I I think that that's something that's going to be an underrated strength of this team of, you know, how well these guys can throw runners out. Um, of course, with the very talented infield that Houston still has, of course, you know, Alex Bregman, Jose Altuve, Carlos Correa, Yuleski Guerriel, you know, 
still very talented, despite them cheating in 2017. They're still a very talented team. So at the outfields, different, of course, with no more Springer, Miles Straw is going to break the camel's back. Ha ha. Oh, my goodness. I need a button that goes wah, wah, wah. Just buzz me. (laughs) (laughs) You are the weakest link. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we uh, studied up uh, some interesting news about the rotation. Yeah, so we were just interested in, you know, you look at some of these rotation pieces they have now, but a very odd, you know, absence really in general updates on Justin Verlander. For those who don't recall, he did have Tommy John surgery last October, I believe. It was September or October. And um, I think there was an update on him just – let me find that article I just had here. There it was. It was just uh, – at the end of December, um, where uh, who is it? Is that the what's his name? Click. I forgot his first name, but anyway, Houston guy. Yeah. So uh, they were talking about how Justin Verlander may not even pitch at all this year, which is you know that kind of is expected because of the fact of Tommy John surgery takes on average from twelve to nineteen months. So if you have surgery in October, then obviously October marks one year, and that would be on the positive side of the surgery, you know, recovery time. Um, But, you know, someone like Justin Verlander who wants to compete, I think that'll be his hardest thing is keeping to that timetable. So could we see Justin Verlander this year? If we do, you're looking at very end part of the season. Well, we know we know we won't see Josh James for a while. Uh, Dusty Baker interviewed last Friday, and sources uh, say Baker gave all indications they'll try to get him back before the end of May, but they just don't know at this point with that torn labrum that he suffered. Well, regardless, I mean, they still have a solid rotation, you know, depending on which way you want to look at it with Zach Granke, Frambor Valdez, Christian Javier, Lance McCullers. Um Still a good pitcher, and Jose Urquidy uh, allegedly could be your rotation on top of, uh, you know, there's obviously some other pitchers that could fight their way in, but I highly doubt it. They plugged in some holes uh, through free agency in the bullpen um, as well. Uh, You know, they lost Chris Devensky to the Diamondbacks, lost Joe Biagini to your Cubs. Uh, So they had to plug some things in. And um, they came up with Steve Ciszek as a non-roster invitee. And they've got Ryan Stanek and uh, Pedro Baez, of course, uh, from the Dodgers. Yeah, I think Pedro Baez will definitely be that nice fill-in for Ryan Presley, who's expected to be the closer this year for the Astros. Um, So once again, they've solved that back end of the rotation – or excuse me, the back end of that uh, bullpen issues. Uh, we also can't forget, uh, unless you said this, you might have said this already, but Ryan Stanek um, also hovering around that bullpen. I I think I, I agree with this bullpen does look a little weaker because I like Steve Ciszek, um, right. but he, boy, he got beat around a lot if he even makes this team. Pedro Baez is still solid, especially going to, well, actually, I wouldn't even say a weaker division, um, but... I would definitely say that bullpen is a question mark for me. Yeah, it's just so different. And speaking of pitching, of course, you got two years since he was long, you know, been heralded Forrest Whitley. Uh, I'm talking about, you know, they're still waiting for him to make his major league debut. Amos, you got to think this is going to be the year. 
Either that or next year. I mean, with Justin Verlander, this is the last year of his contract. So it makes me wonder, you know, are they just waiting for that right opportunity? You know, when do you want to start a pitcher like him? You know, I know it sounds like a silly question, but like, do you want to start a high-touted prospect like him when you're competing or Mm -hmm. when you're slightly in a rebuild stage? You know, I guess it just depends on who's managing and what direction that team is in, but could we see him this year? Sure, absolutely. But I guess it just depends on what they got planned. So they're expected to win the West. So, I mean, you think that would be something that would factor into this decision as well. You definitely don't want to rely on a rookie pitcher, no matter how good they are, as a key game in your rotation. We like the barbecue in Kansas City, Amos. All right. Well, I mean, the the only thing I think of Kansas City is the Kansas City Butcher, but we ain't going to talk about that. (laughs) Green River Killers uh, Northwest, though. There was another killer around that area, though, wasn't there? I don't know. Talking out of school here, but the Royals aren't going to be much killers this year either, are they? No, definitely a tier two type team, so to speak. Um, Everything's just meh. You know, where, where should we start? Well, I guess we can look at um, where they looked, uh, you know, the rotation. I guess we could start there yeah. due to the yeah. fact that they acquired Mike Miner, you know, in the offseason. Right. So he could be a nice little boost to that rotation. Brady Singer. And Singer. I was going to say, is Singer going to come along this year? Is this going to be the year that we see him emerge? I think I honestly think either him or Brad Keller is going to be the breakout pitcher this year for this team. I really do. I don't know which one, um, but if I was a betting man, if I had to absolutely choose one, I guess I would go Singer. But, I mean, these two guys are very talented. They're very good at what they do. They just had trouble getting the offense, you know. So. And look at, I mean, Chris Bubich going to be 24. He's not so bad. And they've got this, you know, hot guy that they drafted. It hey could now. have been the first overall pick in the 2020 draft. And, and he's a Lacey. This is a guy <laughs> touched 98, sitting 93, 94, deep into his starts, you know, in the amateur ball. So, I mean, the future looks good. I mean, it's just, you can't keep. You know, uh, what's what I'm looking for? You can't keep delaying the future, though. So these guys have got to get good soon, you know. All right, let's go around the diamond. Sally Perez, it was great to see him back, even though in a limited, you know, COVID fashion last year. Hopefully we'll pick up uh, where things left off there and serve as that guy that brings home Whit Merrifield and Edelberto Mondesi. Right, and, you know, we we look at this team, they're they're – they're a decent hitting team, and as you mentioned uh, off recording, you know how this team loves to run. I wonder if they're going to stick with that motto this year. You know that style of play when there's not really a lot of teams that's. I think it's there. I mean, there's not really a lot of teams that's focusing on speed, but you know, as we, I kind of theorize that we're slowly, very, very slowly working our way back to that with you know Miles Straw out there in Houston. You know, of course, Tucker can run. You've got a guy in Pittsburgh, and um, I can't remember if it is Cabrian Hayes or not, but like some players, some teams are starting to look at speed a little more, but the mm-hmm. Royals have been doing this for a couple of years now with Aldo Berto Mondesi and 
Um, even Whit Merrifield, who led the league in stolen bases in what? Was it two years ago, three years Couple ago? Years, so. Maybe it was 19 or 18. Yeah, I can't remember which. And don't, don't count out the fact that they're going to give Bobby Witt Jr. a really big look in spring training. And that's going to be exciting uh, for Royals fans to watch him in spring. Absolutely. Yeah, we got to keep your eyes on him, especially if you are a Royals fan. Uh, to look at someone like Bobby Wood Jr. They still got some really good prospects in the top 50. So, I mean, this team is, they're inching closer. You know, they just got to keep going in the right direction. I think they definitely did that with the biggest acquisition they've gotten in this offseason, Andrew Benatendi, in that trade that they just made recent. To me, Amish, this adds some nice balance to this outfield. You've got it's gonna be different without Alex. It's gonna be different without Alex Gordon, but man, it's great to see Benintendi over there now. If, yeah, if there's a way, if there was a person to replace him with the Royals' budget, it would be Andrew Benintendi. I mean, it adds a lot of balance. You've got the guy that can make some contact in Benintendi. You've got the man that can muscle balls out of the park seemingly at will with Jorge Soler. Granted, he is kind of a DH, so to speak, but Whit Merrifield is also a nice, balanced overall player. Michael A. Taylor, who I don't really have a bright outlook on. He's just a defensive guy to me, really. Yeah. I mean, it's just you could possibly look at Hunter Dozier as well. But I still think this is a better outfield than they were last year. Oh, you love L.A., as they say. Those angels. What are they looking like this year? They're looking like angels, Amish. They're looking mm. like angels. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. This this team frustrates the heck out of me. Mm, <laughs> poor Mike Trout. Poor Mike Trout. No, kudos to Mike Trout for not bailing on his team. Yeah, sure. That's two ways to look at it. But no, seriously though, let's look at these angels and look at how much they have improved. I mean, now granted, they're, they didn't go out there and get a big free agent like George Springer. They did not go out there and get a uh, big free agent like Trevor Bauer. Uh, however, they did shore up the you know bits and pieces of the whole team mm-hmm. that I think could be beneficial. All right, let's start with the, the batting lineup. And, of course, Joey Dell tried to come through for them, couldn't do it in the shortened COVID season. Looks like you're going to look at other things, beginning with your former uh, 2016 Cubs leadoff guy. Right, yeah, with uh, you know Dexter Fowler hashtag where you go we go, you know, so to speak was his <laughs> thing. Um, now Dexter Fowler has struggled a little bit with the Cardinals when he was with them, so hopefully this nice little change of scenery uh, will have him doing better. I'm kind of agreeing with where this projected batting spot is for him in the seventh spot. I personally would put him in the nine hole in front of someone like David Fletcher. Yeah. Uh, who they got projected to hit leadoff. Uh, that would be a nice little hit-and-run combo, in my opinion, there. Um, well, let's enter the possibility, uh, Amos, that the Angels might also look at top outfield prospect Brandon Marsh. Um, you know, his power continues to develop. They say he cut his strikeout rate significantly back in Double A between 18 and 19, you know, moved up quickly to Triple A. He could be like a peak Brett Gardner is, is what uh, Keith Law's uh, scouting says to me here. Well, yeah, I mean, you look at the outfield they have now with the exclusion of Mike Trout because we already know he's the GOAT. Don't tell me otherwise. But there are opportunities for that prospect to show up soon. You know, Justin Upton, I believe, is doesn't have much longer on his deal. 
And then you got to look at Dexter Fowler as well. Of course, he's not going to be probably expected to be around that long. So that could just be, you know, like, okay, he's almost here, but he's not quite ready yet. So. Yeah, and they got Juan Lagaris, uh, kind of the cast off of that whole Mets getting, you know, multiple outfielders thing. You know, maybe he could spring in there and do some things. Obviously, probably not as a hitter, but I don't know. Yeah, Anthony Rendon is he's there and is going to have his first full season now. There's some exciting things going on with that lineup. Love, I love the top of this lineup, at least one through six. At the least, one through six. I love David Fletcher. I love the way he hits. And, you know, we've got to see the rumors that Jared Walsh will be seeing more playtime this year, especially at first base. So it makes you think, okay, what about Albert Pujols? You know, what's going to go on with him? Um, I'm assuming he'll be DHing on days that Shohei Otani should not be DHing, but he is regardless. So we'll see how that goes. But All right. Pitching. Let's let's uh, turn to the pitching. Pitching. Well. Where do you want to hit on with this? Hit on pitching? <laughs> well, back of the bullpen is going to look a lot different with Mr. Iglesias coming over from the Reds. Yeah, I didn't realize how good this bullpen is actually looking um, in a way. You know, with Russell Iglesias uh, projected to be their closer, you've got uh, Alex Claudio, former, uh, formerly with the Brewers, I believe. you got Junior Guerra who is a non-roster invitee, but I think he's got potential to be a long reliever type situation. Right. Of course, you got Hami Berea out there in the bullpen as well. I mean, this is not a bad-looking bullpen. I really don't think it's a bad bullpen. It's not top-tier bullpen, but it's not as bad as I think what people are flacking on here. All right. They got some options with Griffin Kenning. They can move some things up and down there, but it looks like their top four now is pretty set in Andrew Heaney, Dylan Bundy, Jose Quintana, and Alex Cobb. What do you think Quintana is going to add to that rotation? I think he's going to add stability in the middle of a rotation. Quintana can eat innings. He can be a reliable, you know, three, four type pitcher. I really do believe that. And I know people have been giving him a lot of crap about his performance. I was happy to see him as a Cub. I think he's going to do well with the Angels. Of course, reunited with Joe Madden, where he kind of flourished under, in my opinion. Um, I guess the question will be the injury bug, as always. You know, is he going to stay healthy? Let's, we got to hope so. But I think Jose Quintana is a great addition for a middle rotation type pitcher. Reed Detmers was the 20th overall pick of the 2020 draft uh, taken by the Angels. I think they're going to give him a really hard look in spring because of his left-handed uh, prowess that he has, uh, not quite age 22, but that should be a fun thing for Angels fans to watch in camp. All right, we're, we're <laughs> to the, the North Star State, my home state. <sighs> it's twin stock time. Mm-hmm. portion of the bonus edition. We're in that certain state gonna, that starts with an M. <laughs> before I go through my uh, rampage here, what do you have to, to say about my twins? What do I have to say about your twins? You mean go easy on them or what? <laughs> yeah, you do what you want, buddy. <laughs> God. Uh, no, I, I sincerely think your twins are going to be just as competitive as they were last year. With the key piece of bringing Nelson Cruz back, I think that was a... Like that? a ride or die situation. I really do. I, I honestly think that was, if you didn't get Nelson Cruz back, you were going to take a step back, you know, cause you're missing so much of that offense there. You know, we can't yeah. forget that, you know, Cruz did very well last year. I mean, I, I, 
I don't know what else to say besides that, but you look at this lineup. Um, obviously, there are some pieces that were missing, you know, that are missing. Yeah. Uh, as we talked about, Eddie Rosario no longer be in there. Um, but you got to hope players like Byron Buxton can have a full healthy season. You've yes. got to look at Angelton Simmons, which was a great signing by your twins, by the way. Mm-hmm. Kudos to uh, that organization for getting Simba. Uh, and of course, Luis Arias over there that is expected to hit over 300 this year. So I will, I will believe that when I see it, but I think he patience be- at the plate, patience at the plate, my friend. No. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited uh, to see a full season. We only saw what one, two, maybe three at bats. I can't remember how many at bats he had uh, in uh, the playoffs against the Astros, but Alex Karoloff, I'm talking about, mm-hmm. I am looking so forward to watching him. It's going to be interesting to see uh, the battle at catcher between Ryan Jeffers and Mitch Garver. Garve sauce fallen just a little bit last year. Kind of going to wonder if it had to do with the whole COVID situation and and things too, but we'll see how that plays out. And uh, another guy I'm excited about, of course, is uh, Brent Rooker, the the hard-hitting former Texas Tech kid uh, drafted uh, 35th overall in 2017. Let me ask you this question about the catchers. You know, according yeah. you know to this website, which we're using, uh, Fangraphs, roster resources and stuff like that, they've actually got Jeffers being projected to do better at the plate than Garver. Do you agree with that? I think average-wise, he has a very good possibility to do that. As far as the stick goes, he might not be quite there. Um, and then as far as the play calling and defense goes, Jeffers has the chance to really take a good edge. Garver's getting, you know... Past his 30-year age season and, you know, Jeffrey's a little bit more, you know, nimble, you know, with the knees. I think uh, I think it's going to be close, but, yeah, Jeffrey's definitely a good shot. I think the Twins are going to take a long, hard look at the trade deadline onto maybe getting catching uh, help if things don't work out. Mm. Oh, that's a good one, for sure. And there could be some people at the deadline available. So I would expect your Twins to be buying, so... Yeah, and then you look at the the pitching situation, picking up guys like Jay Happ. Uh, obviously, you know, starting off on the COVID thing isn't the, the greatest ideal situation in the spring, but you know that'll come and go as these cases often do. It's asymptomatic, as they say. Matt Shoemaker, great addition. We talked a little bit about you know the the pot, main podcast. I am so happy, Amos, that Michael Pineda is continuing to plug along and looking to be the guy that's going to fill the middle of that rotation behind my Adam Burrios. And he's got to be your key, right? Like he's got, yes. to, he's got to be your guy that leads you into the back of that rotation with Jay Happ and Matt Shoemaker, in my opinion, you know, we know what Jose Burrios is capable of. We know what Kent Maeda is capable of. Michael Pineda to me is the question mark of this rotation. Yep. Um, and I think, and I know this may sound extreme, but I think if Pineda has a bad year, you could be looking at such a catastrophic hole in this team. Especially yeah, if guys like Dobnak and Lewis Thorpe and Dennis Meltzer can't come in there and start plugging plugging the hole. Yeah, that could be bad. You're right. As far as the bullpen goes, Amos, I think that's probably my biggest concern right now. Uh, just to see uh, if Mr. Taylor Rogers uh, can combine with Alex Colome to, to to shut things down at the back end of it. And then, I mean, the fact that they uh, lost Trevor May to the Mets, I think, is going to prove to see 
you know, who's going to emerge in that setup role uh, if it isn't, you know, going to be Calumny Rogers, you know, complimenting one another, will Tyler Duffy be up to the task? It's hard for me to properly give an opinion on this bullpen. Um, it seems like they're taking a lot of risk on some players, um, especially Alex Colomay. Um, if, if I was the Twins, I would definitely keep Rodgers as my closer, and I would keep Colomay as my seventh or eighth inning guy. Uh, but that's just me. I, I think, of course, you know, you follow the Twins way better than I do, um, as you know, you're a long fan of them. But I just don't know about this bullpen. You know, I have so many questions. You know, if there's one place I think your twins took a step back was the bullpen. Um, well, this Alcala is kind of the new fireball guy that, that came behind uh, when they traded Bruce Dark Gratterall. He was kind of anointed the, the replacement for Gratterall, you know, so to speak, as far as, you know, the fire that he brings to the table. Well, hopefully he can perform because, uh, you know, that's going to be a big thing. Like I said, taking risks, will it pay off? Amos, do you want to be a part of it? New York, New York, Yankees. I hear they got the world's biggest rats. Oh, nasty. That's not a, that's not a shot on the people. I'm just saying I heard they got the world's biggest rats. Now, you know, okay, first tangent, by the way. Just real quick, real quick. I heard about the guy that goes around New York City dressed as a rat. That's funny as heck. You should look him up. All right, back to the Yankees. <laughs> Back to the Yankees. What has, about these crazy no. Yankees in the <laughs> batting? Same darn thing in the batting order. What? Nothing really changed in there. Ah, they didn't need to change. They didn't need to change. You know, you got Derek Dietrich as a non, nice little non-roster invitee there. Uh, infield depth for sure. Oh, uh, oh, you mean they're going to start getting hurt? Yep. I heard about that one. Oh yeah, the injury bug. Yeah, I bet that guy that stresses the rat's gonna bite a lot of them, and he's gonna. <laughs> I really hope that doesn't happen. Like people are gonna think I'm such an a hole for saying that, but I'm just saying. Look, these Yankees, man, very good team. This should be the best team in baseball. Star power, one to nine, one to nine. Starting pitching, one to five. Star power, bullpen. At least one to five, maybe, you know, in the bullpen, and yet no titles. So what needs to change for these Yankees, you know? Stop getting hurt. <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk about, you know, Corey Kluber, Jamison Tyen in the rotation. Well, uh, shout out to Pittsburgh for adding more pitching to this uh, Yankee squad. Thanks for the farm hurt. system, Pirates. Yeah. But uh, no, I I'm honestly rooting for Jamison Tyon to have a good season. I I honestly am. I want him to have a great year. I want him to pitch way more innings than what they're expecting him to pitch at 134. But at the same time, you know this poor guy just cannot. You know you want to talk about avoiding injuries, and yet they signed two pitchers that is just prone to injuries now. So I'm very concerned about the durability of both Corey Kluber and Jamison Tyon. Right. Oh. Uh, and as far as the bullpen, we just talked to, briefly in the podcast about Justin Wilson sending him the left-hand role along with Zach Britton. And Darren O'Day from the Braves should had an interesting look. Darren O'Darn, yeah. The guy that's going to replace Adam Ottavino. Think yeah. he can strike out Babe Ruth seven out of ten times? <laughs> he can do it, yeah. Step in. 
Chris, we're still waiting to, you know, get things back on track with Luis Severino and his Tommy John. I don't know how that's going to go. Means to be seen to me. I haven't really heard news or seen things, but yeah, I, other... I haven't really looked at anything on him either. So I don't know exactly. Well, he had his Tommy John surgery almost uh, an exact year to today. Uh, he had it on February twenty seventh of last year. So you were reaching that year mark of him having his Tommy John surgery. So maybe we could see him at some point this season. Who knows? Oak Town. We're in Oak Town, Northern that, LA. I oh, know mm. it's way north of there, but what do you think of those A's, Amos? Hey, they look like a solid C plus team. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, maybe toward the top of the, that division, but not going to beat the Astros. Maybe not. I'll tell you what, though. We're we looking at this. Bullpen. I want to start with the bullpen, if you don't mind. Yeah, I definitely a big overhaul of this bullpen. <laughs> you know, of course, Liam Hendricks is gone. Uh, Petit is gone, or not Petit. Um, we talked about it just on the podcast the other night. Um, Soria, Soria. That's it. Joaquin Soria gone. You know, I like the addition of Trevor Rosenthal. Of course, is your closer. Sergio Romo is a question mark. Uh, of course. Uh, but man, I, I like uh, you got a nice little right, left, right as your seven, eight, nine potential. Lou Trevino looking to have a better year than he had last year. JB uh, Wendelkin. I I mean, this bullpen could be very good. I think they could be good. It just depends on which version shows up. I know that sounds very bland and very vague, but. I think it's safe to say that part of the A's bullpen last year was a strong suit. And even though they look a little stronger with Rosenthal, it's like they were more balanced last year as a bullpen. And now it seems like they're spotty good, you know, yeah, like, like they're pieces closer. here, pieces yeah. there, right? Yeah. But yeah, that's a good way to put it. That's a good take. Um, take that offense now, though, uh, switching from Chris Davis to Mitch Moreland, you mentioned briefly on the main podcast. Yeah, I don't know what to expect out of him. I mean, I think that's a downgrade in my opinion. Maybe the strikeouts will be better, but boy, you look at the average, you look at the home run power, definitely nowhere near Chris or Crush Davis. So, um, but I guess the real question is, will Crush Davis hit 247 with his new team this year? But yeah. made a trade, uh, obviously, to kind of switch things around, sending Crush Davis and then, you know, getting back Elvis Andrews. And they also got this. Catching guy, Aramis Garcia. Uh, maybe he's going to help out Sean Murphy a little more because Murphy seemed to take a little bit too much pressure, it seemed to me, last year. I think I think given the situ- the stuff he was thrown into, I think he did all right. I mean, expected to hit 241 this year, 16 home runs. That seems kind of high for him, but yeah. there's still a lot of up. Uh, you know, positive outlook for Sean Murphy. And I'm, I'm still on that ship. You know, I still think he's going to be a very productive catcher. So we'll see how that goes uh, with that. But yeah, I, I don't know much about Armas Garcia, but as you said, coming over in the Texas trade with Elvis Andrus. Um, yeah. I mean, catching obviously a weak spot, but we'll have to see what happens when it comes to Sean Murphy being that star catcher that they need. To the Pack Northwest, 
and the Seattle Mariners. Amos, we're going to throw up a real quick link on the uh, on the Hot Takes Twitter page. But off air, I turned your attention to the very interesting uh, tweet article regarding minutes at the Bellevue Washington Breakfast Rotary Club where uh, I think he's the president or vice president. He's one of the officials for the Mariners. Kevin Mather spoke for about 45 minutes and went into some pretty crazy detail. Um, what are some of your takes from reading this briefly? Oh, man, just based on these bullet points, this is not a good look for this team. Uh, you've got criticism of players. You've got criticism of how much players are being paid. You've got criticism of the league. You've got criticism of how things are being handled. It just doesn't look good. I mean, I don't know if these are valid points or not. Um, but wow, I just, you know, looking at these bullet points, I don't, I don't understand what he's looking to accomplish from these, you know? Yeah. One of the really big ones that John Heyman uh, points out too uh, on Twitter, uh, top prospect Julio Rodriguez, you know, he's been working on his English language and they talked at just how he was just not, people were not being nice about the fact that he can't speak English. Well, unfortunately, and you know, this is not something that we're going to go off completely on a tangent, but that's just part of what this country is, unfortunately. And, you know, if you're one of those people, just, you know, kindly, you know, be a little more tolerant. I mean, you got to understand something. These players come here because they're very good at what they do. They're very good at playing baseball and they want to be, you know, what was it like? Four years ago, if even that, Salvador Perez became a citizen of this country. I, you know, we have to stop doing stuff like this to players because it leads to toxic relationships in the clubhouse, such as this one. You know, yeah, and a and lot more details that you can delve into you, on your own if you'd like to at the Hot Takes uh, Twitter. Yeah, but lo- looking at the lineup and let's you know hope that you know cooler heads will prevail and things are going on the field well. Uh, a lot of shifting around um, you, you see in uh, that uh, that betting order with, you know, D. Strange Gordon and Malik Smith out of the mix, as well as Tim Beckham. Yeah, it, it, I'm not going to lie to you, and I know this is going to rub people the wrong way, but this just doesn't look like an organization that wants to win games. <laughs> I mean... I don't yeah, know if like I could run too, right? Exactly. Yeah, I don't know if I could run this team any better. I'm definitely not saying that. It's just an armchair look. But you've got so much talent in this team. You know, Evan White, Ty France, Chapey Crawford, Kyle Lewis, of course, Kyle Seeger, Mitch Haniger. I mean, this is a very talented looking team, but it just seems like there's something going on that's holding these guys back. You know. And I think this is honestly a situation that you need to look at that note, the, those notes that you just now referenced to get what right. I'm saying. But and seeing, you know, what what the front office is all about and, and what things that they're going to do. Uh, and then back to the pitching, you know, rotation, things much the same, but a little bit different now that you've got uh, Mr. Paxton back in, in, in the fold. 
Yeah, that'll be a nice reunite with uh, Seattle there. A lot of lefties, you know, 80% lefties in this rotation, so to speak, uh, if we're looking at one through five, um, with Justin Dunn being projected as a six starter, so to speak. Um, Chris Flexen, your number five guy, the only righty in this projected lineup, one through five, of course. And then, of course, uh, Marco Gonzalez, James Paxson, Yasel Kikuchi, who has definitely not lived up to his expectations, and Justice Sheffield, who's not really got enough experience just to tick over a year of service time. Uh, so we'll be, I think this will be a year to see what he can do for this team. Uh, Rafael Montero, pretty much out of in, coming into camp, is going to be your closer because Ken Giles, obviously, a year away with his surgery. Uh, the rest of these guys are kind of a ragtag bunch, and they're lucky that they got Keenan Middleton as part of that pen now. Yeah, there's. I don't expect a lot out of this team, and this bullpen is probably going to be one of the worst ones in baseball. I think. Mm-hmm. I really do, especially like you know the the common thing is you've got one team that's kind of just sitting there, um, while others in their own division are getting better. And to me, the Mariners have the weakest excuse to get better, or the weakest reason to not get better. I mean, this is a team that's got a big budget. They could have went out there and landed some big players, but like we said, and I'm going to reference those notes again, with all this stuff going on behind doors, why would you want to play here? And that'll lead us into the defending American League champions, Amos. What kind of different things are we going to see from the Rays this year? Well, we have to look at the possibility that they could be step, taking a step back in uh, their starting rotation Blake Snell obviously not being there anymore. You still got Tyler Glass now. A little bit of support in Michael Walker, Rich Hill, and Chris Archer. I don't know how much help that's going to be, but uh, those three new quote-unquote additions uh, coming over to that rotation. Um, I don't really know what to say about pitching-wise on this team. I, I just yeah. don't. Um, and it's not that there's nothing to talk about. It's just you don't know what to expect. You know? Right. The, the purpose, obviously, we saw develop was a different pitcher for, for every type of situation kind of a thing. And now, you know, you're not going to be able to hold that together through contracts and free agency and such. And when you lose guys like Chaz, Rowe, uh, and Oliver Drake, you know, you're going to have to – feel some things pretty fast and is Pete Fairbanks going to be in the mix there with Nick Anderson and Diego Castillo yeah and over management I think it's the big problem here um if we are if I if I can just the only thing I will say about pitching is just over management don't be so complicated let these guys do their jobs you know I think that's I think it's arguably one of the reasons the Rays lost last year in the world you know the the uh in the playoffs, it's just over-management. You know, we all know about the Blake Snell situation. We know about how picky they were with bullpen pieces. A lot of talent here. Um, but there's really not much to say besides that. We just got to see what happens with the Rays. I don't know how cold it still is down in Texas. Are the Rangers going to warm things up this spring, Amos? Not really. <laughs> there is no good outlook for the Rangers. I hate to say it. Um, 
I mean, you got bright spots, but overall as a team, you're looking at a team that's spinning their wheels. Uh, I, I mean, we could look. We could, the easiest thing to talk about would be the starting rotation: Kyle G- Gibson and Jordan Lyles. That's it. That's all yeah. you got. Everything. Who are else, these? I mean, you know about who Fulton Navich is, but man, is he really going to add to them? I really hope so. I'm rooting for Fulton Evich to hopefully he got off, he got over his off field issues, or at least he has, you know, contained them as best as he can and he can go back to his 2018 self. Um, I, I really hope he does well. I'm rooting for him to be a good pitcher for the Rangers this year. Um, other right, so than that, Koi Arihara from Japan. We know virtually nothing about this guy. I'm going to have to read up on him. And of course, Dean Dunning in that trade with the White Sox in the offseason. Yeah, just another patchwork rotation. <laughs> I mean, it's the best I got along with that bullpen. Patchwork bullpen. I mean, Jose LeClerc's pretty much the only piece that's, to me personally, recognizable. You know, mm-hmm. he's the only one in that bullpen that has over two years of service time. So that tells you how inexperienced that bullpen is. Well, they got the number two guy uh, ranked in their system, Yuri Rodriguez, uh, pitcher from the Dominican. This is, you know, another one of these possible arms coming up. Could be, you know, approaching his age 24 season, but not much else beyond that. It's it's pretty weak pitching wise in Texas for sure. Hitting yeah, they wise, look, they look better hitting wise. Yeah, I think they look better hitting wise. You know, a couple of bright spots. Willie Calhoun will be my personal player to watch this year for the Rangers to see if he can improve on how he did in 2019 um you know you got to look at the acquisition of chris davis uh pretty much nomar mazar 2.0 in a way in my opinion uh fits nicely with joey gallo nick solak a player that a lot of play or a lot of people should be watching um and of course you got your unknowns with david Dahl, rudin odor uh and nate Lowe. so that's just how yeah. i see it and isaiah kiner fell off on moving from catcher to third to short now <laughs> What a versatile guy he is. <laughs> yeah, hopefully he can perform. I mean, that's... Yeah. All right, and that's the Rangers. That's the Rangers. And now we go north of the border, even though it's going to be kind of almost south of the border because they're going to stay in Florida this year. It's the Toronto Blue Jays. The most northernest <laughs> southern team that you could have. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy COVID in a year anyway. Where should we start? Uh, where should we start? Uh, oh, geez. Improve batting lineup, uh, a yeah. little more veteran presence with a couple 30 plus year old guys. Yeah, I'm all about it. Let's start there. That's a good place to start. <laughs> That's a very good place to start. Um, for those who don't know or don't follow baseball, they acquired two very, very talented players in free agency and George Springer and Marcus Simeon, uh, I think these could be the two guys that help put the Blue Jays as a potential threat to not only the Rays, but possibly the Yankees, possibly, you know, with that very talented hitting core that they got in. Well, it's mostly their infield in Bo Bichette, Vlad Jr., Kevin Biggio. Uh, Tiasco Hernandez uh, projected to hit 37 home runs this uh, this year. We'll see if that power sticks out. Um, but I think what I like about the Blue Jays Amish is they addressed everything they needed to address. Right. Um, they addressed their leadoff problem. They addressed their defensive problems. They addressed their infield depth. 
They address their pitching in both reliever and starter. And, you know, when a team does something like the Blue Jays have done, they deserve fruits of the reward. And I really hope they get it this year. Be nice to see them mixing it up there with those Yankees for sure. Uh, But we go over to that rotation, of course, uh, mostly the same. Uh, but we are looking at the addition of Steven Matz coming over from the Mets in a trade. Uh, he is a question mark to me, for sure. But everybody else looks pretty solid. I'm interested to see what Nate Pearson does oh, in that Oh, aren't you, though? I always thought he would end up being a closer, really. But he's got starter stuff, so. Yeah, let's hope he can uh, live up to his strikeout potential. Uh, we got to hope that these guys can eat some innings. I think Ryu, to be honest, is probably the only one in this rotation that can eat proper innings. So maybe that'll be a problem. Uh, I can't find the guys to bring up from the minors, right? But once again, them addressing that problem, getting Tyler Chatwood as a free agent from the Cubs. And he is a guy that is either going to be really good or really struggling. And when he's good, he is very good. Um, I would like to say he's like Adam Ottavino in starter form. That's what I would like to describe Chatwood as. Um, but uh, other auditions, including David Phelps, uh, you know, 35, he'll be 35 years old by the time the season's done with. Free agent signing as well, formerly with the Phillies. And of course, uh, the coup de gras here, Kirby Yates as their new closer. So they, like I said, man, they have addressed what they needed to address. So they just have to get it done, son. All right, biggest winners and biggest losers in the American League. You want to kind of give us our closing thoughts here and everything that we've covered? Yeah, oh boy, biggest winners. Oh, that's tough. I I would probably go Blue Jays yeah. uh, for the biggest winner and loser, as much as I hate to say it, man, and this is kind of like the low-hanging fruit, but you got to go Baltimore. Yeah, I think the White Sox are the biggest winners because obviously as a Twins fan, it affects me so much every time they make a big deal. I I cringe so huge, Uh, so I'm I'm looking for big things from them. Loser-wise, it's kind of tough to say. I mean, A.J. Hinch has got an interesting situation in in Detroit, and I kind of want to say if they don't turn over into those prospects and stuff soon enough, they could very well end up being the biggest losers in the American League. Right. So um, that's our biggest winners and losers. Let us know who yours are. Biggest winner, biggest loser. You can have multiples. You could be a cheapo and do that if you want, or you could have one of each. Uh, We will be up next time talking about the National League and what we see as positives and potential negatives for each of these teams. So thank you guys for listening to this bonus episode amish closing thoughts just let's play ball